It's a real pleasure and an honor to be here today with Jim Cook, uh, the founder and brewer of Boston Beer Company and Sam Adams. Um, Jim, it's great to meet you. Thanks for taking the time to chat with me today. Nice having a beer with you, man. Absolutely. Um, so I've, um, I've been a fan of, of Sam Adams' Boston Beer for years and years, as I, as I mentioned. I've uh, tracked, tracked you guys from the early days. What's, uh, I wanted to just start off by asking what, what Ontario, what Canada has meant to, to Sam Adams, because I've been a, a, a drinker for years, and I wanted your take on the marketplace up here from your perspective. You know, we brought Sam Adams here to Toronto, gosh, 20 years ago. Um, you know, it was kind of a just beginning to have some awareness of craft beer. Um, Jim Brickman had started his brewery back in the late 80s. He was yeah. a kind of a fellow pioneer. Uh, I know because if you're a pioneer, you kind of end up with all the arrows in your ass. And <laughs> I had some, Jim had some. Um, and today, it's an amazingly exciting place to be a beer drinker. You know, craft beer in the last two, three years has just exploded here in Ontario. So I'm up here for Toronto Beer Week. Yes. Because uh, there's a very vibrant beer culture. There's some great beers being made here. And the mentality about beer in Toronto has really shifted in the last few years to have people interested in flavorful, rich craft beer, because there's always been like a bastion, you know, of the the big brewers, the you know the Canadian, the blue. Um, but now people are really interested in good beer. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Cheers. Cheers. I think, in fact, there are two breweries a week opening here in Ontario. Well, it's funny you should bring that up because I wanted to ask you about that because I um, I recently finished reading your book, which was a delight to read. Some really interesting insights on to business culture. I'm a professional marketer in my day oh, cool. job, yeah, um, and a beer guy in my my nightlife. Oh, good. And um, I mean, I remember you mentioned when you were starting out, there was a period in the '90s. I remember this too when I think you mentioned it. There was about a brewery opening up every couple days and now there's yeah. a brewery there's multiple breweries every day now yeah I mean what's what do you think about the the scene and its explosion now seeing that you've been through the whole thing boom and bust and boom again yeah I'm well I'm a brewer so I always want more beer yeah. so I'm excited to see in North America uh, this explosion in craft beer you know it's something that you know I've been working on for 32 years. When I started Sam Adams, there were virtually no, you know, craft brewers. There were just a handful of us, yeah. uh, and the term craft beer hadn't even been invented. It was microbrewery. Yeah, we were <laughs> a micro. Yeah, it's a micro. Uh, that was okay. Uh, and slowly, I think, you know, we, uh, the, the pioneers, educated people about beer, and today, craft beer is just part of. The culture, mm-hmm. you know, and and twenty somethings are adopting craft beer the way their boomer parents adopted wine, yeah. and I love that. I always want a beer to have the same dignity and nobility and respect that's yeah. been accorded to wine, and I think craft beer deserves that. Yeah, I can't agree more. My parents were big wine lovers. They had like a wine club for yeah. decades, yeah. and I always felt like. 
me getting into beer was a way to sort of counterbalance what yeah. they loved growing up and what I've grown well, loved to grow. Now beer yeah. deserves that it's respect. That thing. You yeah. know, 20 years ago, it was kind of, you know, like a food and beer dinner was a six-pack and a pizza. Yeah. Today, you've got elegant cuisine being paired with beautiful beers. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, I wanted to ask about, um, you know, like your the, the corporate culture is something that you talk a lot about in your book. And, um, you know, I feel like that's something that you've been able to maintain over the years. Do you want to talk about what's helped, you know, the values that you've instilled that helped allow your company to persevere and thrive through all, all well, these decades? You know, you need to stay focused on why you started in the first place. So at Sam Adams, you know, it's always been about the beer. You know, we started because we wanted to make great, flavorful beer here in North America and give it to people fresh and to kind of push boundaries, do new things, Mm -hmm. innovate. Uh, And that's always been a hallmark. And, you know, today, after 32 years, we're still innovating, you know, finding white space in the craft beer universe. So, like, well, early this year, um, we introduced the Sam Adams Nitro Project. So yes, we have nitrogenated beers, so a nitro white ale, a nitro IPA, a nitro coffee stout. That's kind of white space, because we're mm-hmm. playing with the hidden ingredient in beer, which is not malt or hops, it's carbon dioxide. Yeah. You take that out, it's a massive flavor shift. So that was a really fun project. Today, we are uh, selling the probably the most radical beer in the world. It's it's the lunatic fringe of brewing. I feel like Captain Kirk, you know, it, it, taking beer where no beer has gone Absolutely. before. It's about 30 ABV. It's called Sam Adams Utopias. Um, it comes in a uh, copper glazed porcelain vessel that is a replica of our brew kettle. I have one and I cherish the bottle very much. Awesome. <laughs> you know, and then when you open it, you have this beer that shocks everybody. Because, uh, I mean, the normal reaction I get when somebody takes a sip of Sam Adams Utopias is, wow, can that be beer? And I was like, yes. Uh, it sells in the beer store. I mean, yeah. it's a, um, at least in the U.S. here. Um, we're releasing 350 bottles today at the Summerhill LCBO. Yeah. And, you know, it'll sell out in hours. Uh, mm-hmm. And I just wanted to shock people to say, wait a minute, this is beer. You don't think it's beer because your concept of beer is too small. Yeah. I'm going to open your eyes. Open it up. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Um, I wanted to ask you kind of a funny question, and that is, you know, there's been so many seasonals over the years with Sam Adams, and I've, I've been close to them all. But I, after reading your book, I thought to myself, have you ever thought about releasing The Sacred Cod? <laughs> well, we never actually. I know you never made it, but, uh, but I that just would be, it'd be funny. such a great name for one of the beers to uh, pull that story out. That's funny. I mean, the story, of course, that I tell in Quench Your Own Thirst, my, my book, is that when I first started, I was trying to get a name. 
you know, I knew how to make beer, but I didn't know anything about marketing. So I hired an ad agency, asked him to come up with the killer name for me, which they thought they did. And that killer name was Sacred Cod. <laughs> Thank goodness I had a little more confidence in my own judgment yeah. to not call it after some stinky fish, yeah. <laughs> but to name it after the, the patriot, the radical, the, yeah. the revolutionary Samuel Adams. It's amazing to think what could have been had that happened. Probably yeah, sacred God, I would have been back to my day job. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you about sort of your, I mean, you're now, I think you're, you're seen as somebody that everybody asks questions about, looks up to. What kind of advice would you have for somebody who wants to get into beer nowadays? You've seen it all, and yeah. there's so many places now opening. Um, what advice would you have for the burgeoning brewer? Um, well, first is make sure you love it because uh, it's long hours. If you love it, it's not hard work. But if you're not passionate about beer and willing to stay passionate for you know years, then uh, there's probably better ways to make money yeah. because it is becoming somewhat crowded. I think the reality is that there's not going to be more shelf space at the beer store or LCBO. Bars aren't going to be so adding tops. tap handles. Yeah. So you're going to you know, be competing in a very crowded market. But there is, um, I think, a viable business model around a tap room uh, you know, as a uh, not having to push into distribution mm-hmm. but serving beer to your drinkers right there at your bar. And... You know, the economics are much more favorable. You get almost $1,000 for a keg yeah. instead of $100 for a keg. And, you know, you've got direct contact with your consumers, and you don't have to, like, go out and cold call yeah. from bar to bar, which a lot of people don't want to do. Yeah. So you can have a very yeah. happy and successful, you know, beer journey uh, with a great tap room and making great beers. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to ask you, you mentioned the Nitro Project, which was what you launched this year. What's, I mean, I know it's hard to look into the future, but what's next for Boston Beer? What's the, what does the future hold for you and for the, the company yeah. from your perspective? Well, you know, I, I don't know a specific answer. What I, I have learned, and I talked about it in Quench Your Own Thirst, mm-hmm. is that we are all kind of like radio receivers. And there's all these great ideas that are out there. They're like radio waves. Yeah, yeah, if you turn your receiver on, you'll get them. They will come to you. Mm -hmm. And you should have some confidence that you're, if you have an active and curious and inquisitive approach to life and to beer, ideas come into your head. It just happens. And it's a beautiful thing. There is some God out there sending beer ideas to planet Earth. There's so many out there. Yeah. Uh, I I wanted to ask you just a question that's about your, the business of beer, and mm-hmm. it kind of struck me from reading your book. And I mean, I've been around long enough as you have. Um, you IPO'd back in the '90s. Yep. And back then, it was very common to do that. There was a lot of breweries up in Canada that did the same thing, but I haven't I haven't seen that in years. Um, why do Why do you think that that's not the case anymore. It's just something well, they love your take on. Except for Sam Adams, none of the IPOs didn't work. Well, yeah, they um, they just never were able to generate uh, a large amount of value. Yeah, I did it 
for a bunch of reasons, but yeah. the, the fun part of it was we offered, in the IPO, we offered a lower price the for drinkers. our beer drinkers. I, I love that The so big much. institution, the big banks, all the big money managers had to pay $20 yeah. a share. Our drinkers would cut coupons off the bottom of the six they banks, in. and I they got in at $15 a share. And the banks and the investors hated that. Yeah. They're like, wait a minute, we're supposed to get the best price. The little guy's supposed to get screwed. Yeah. How come it works where we get screwed and the little guy gets the yeah. best price? And I would tell them, well, wait a minute, you're a wine drinker, I don't care about you. Yeah. I want to give my stock to the beer drinkers. I love that it was so sort of drinker-focused, and it was something that um, you just didn't see so much, and it yeah. was something that I really loved. So, um, yeah, well, you know what? It's, um, I mean, I, I just got to say, I love, um, I've always loved Sam Adams. Like I said, I remember the first time Boston Ale came to oh, Ontario. Yeah, yeah. Back then, it was these little releases that the LCBO did. Yes. And I remember how much my eyes were opened up to Triple Bock. Yeah, and that, that was a revolutionary beer. That started the extreme beer movement. Yeah. That started the barrel aging movement. Believe it or not, before we did Sam M's Triple Bock in the early 90s, nobody had thought of aging beer in used spirits barrels. Yeah. It was, and it was so obvious. I know. Uh, now, getting it approved legally yes. was a little bit hard because there's a, a little bit of commingling tax classes with the, yeah. the residue that's in the barrels. And so, so it was, there were some bureaucratic challenges, but I was very committed to it because the idea was so cool yeah. that we could bring a whole new source of flavors for beer. Well, I remember having it in Ontario, and it was truly one of those eye-opening experiences because I'd never had anything like it and really nothing ever since yeah. um, and it was quite something so well, the Utopias is the build yeah on what began as triple bucket at about 18% ABV the Utopias we have some casks that are like 33% yeah. ABV now we blend them down because it's really about flavor and sure. complexity and enjoyment but it's kind of cool yeah. that there's a whole new category of beers that came out of out this of idea of, of Triple Bond. Yeah. Well, Jim, um, I really appreciate you taking the time to chat today. Um, it's been, I've, I've wanted to meet you for my entire drinking life. So wow. thanks very well, much. Likewise. <laughs> Thank you. So, this is a dream come true for yeah. me as well. <laughs> thanks, Jim. Appreciate well, cheers. it. Cheers. Cheers.